This is How to Business and Show Business, where we talk about the business of show, the podcast that discusses ways to work smarter, not harder. If you're a performer at the beginning of your career or a student interested in going into the performing arts, this is the podcast for you. For more about the podcast, you can find our website at businessandshowbusiness.com. There you can learn more about the business of performing arts with coursework, videos with shop talk, and interviews with other professional performers. Now here's your host, Corbett. And we're back with part two of our conversation with Chip Abbott talking about the choreographer's perspective. Now, in case you missed last week's episode, one, I would say go back and listen to that. But last we ended off on show business versus show friends. And this is the business of show. There are two separate entities. And I know that I've always talked about this, that until you have the Roy to your Walt Disney as a performer, as an actor, a singer, dancer, you have to be both. And it would behoove you to understand the inner workings of how the business function works more so than the performer aspect. Keeping both in mind, I I think that both can be true on the same account. Now, in part two of our conversation with Chip, we're going to talk about some audition things as it pertains to when you walk into the room, like for instance, letting the material compliment you, setting yourself up for success and not giving shits what happens afterwards. When you go into the room, that is your time to take command of the room and what happens afterward has nothing to do with you and not taking it personal. We also talk about letting your it factor come through, something that makes you stand out from everyone else. We also talk about the happy medium between treating an audition like a class and then still letting it be an audition because again, two can be true in the same space. We also talk about building up your arsenal enough so that way you know why you maybe didn't book the audition was because it has nothing to do with your talent. Because when you're on your A game, nobody can take that away from you we talk about classes maybe you should be invested into or building up your book to best accommodate you up for success we also talk about building up a video archive being prepared so that way when that show comes around a chorus line a hamilton a mamma mia if they're going to be using the same audition maybe it would behoove you to save that for a future date Here's part two of that conversation with Chip Abbott. What knowledge about what knowledge about the business was gifted to you that you did not know? Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's ooh, I call them little nuggets. There's so many little nuggets that I've learned from other people. When I, when I was working on on the town, um, we were I, I was lucky enough to be with that projects from it's out of town at Barrington Stage Company all the way through the Broadway run. And when we moved to Broadway, I was assistant choreographer. So I was in the room for a majority of the auditions. People would come in that were like really ferocious and amazing. And, but for some reason, there's just this disconnect. Benton Whitley was the casting director on that project. And I remember, you know, the door shut and, you know, we're discussing different people. And, and at one point he was like, it's incredible how the authenticity of, of oneself is the most important aspect in all of this, right? Like people can come in and you can put the choreography on them. Sure, it's executed wonderfully, but if there's not like a human experience that's personal, it, it's, it's, it's a no-go, right? So he has always said 
don't don't try to be the person that um, that other people want you to be. Be the person that you are. Like show up with show up as you are, mm-hmm. right? And then let the material compliment you rather than the other way around, right? Um, and he's always he's always um, he would always say, "I just want them to be people. I just want them to be who they are, right?" And I think that that's so important to remember, right? I mean, we touched on it earlier, like we come from these small towns, we move into New- we move to New York and we spend all this time trying to be what we think other people want us to be, just be you, right? Be authentically you, unapologetically you. And if it's a right fit, it's a right fit. If it's not, it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be personal. Can we talk about that? Answer your question. No, 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 it does. Because <laughs> that's my next thing. And I want to stray off the beaten path and ask you, because we were talking about this previously, Coming from a small town or just somewhere that's not one of those major markets, LA, Vancouver, Toronto, Chicago, Atlanta, so on and so forth, right? If you aren't someone who's actively in that market, then you don't know what you don't know. In the naivete of it all, and we've all been there, okay? Can we just start with this? One of the things that I know that I frequently discuss, if not talk about in a future episode, is planning the move, right? How to make yourself just say, it's a... Save yourself, save yourself. Before you moved to New York, i.e., did you have a, re- a, a, re- a realistic budget for what the New York market was gonna be? I.e., i.e., what rent was gonna be, what groceries was gonna be, what transportation was gonna be and continued training? Like, did, you, did, that, did those four things ever cross your mind as you were making that transition? Actually, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was lucky because I'd, I'd been on a ship. I was on a cruise ship. So I was working with people who, who lived in New York, you know, and they're talking about like how crazy their rent was. And so I had a little bit of an idea and I saved, you know, a nice little egg mm-hmm. and a little nest egg to, to move to the city. But like, honestly, it like was not enough. Yeah. You know, we forget about first month's rent, last month's rent, Yo. you know, True. All of those things, you know, and I mean, that in and of itself is just like so much money, but everything is so expensive in New York compared to other parts of the country. So I would say I was moderately prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I knew that it wasn't going to be what I paid in Chicago, but like, but I don't think I was quite ready for the expense of just like life. You know what I mean? And, you know, in college, we, it's, it's interesting because in college, we took this class called Workshop for Dancers. And mm-hmm. in the moment, I like totally poo-pooed it. But because um, <laughs> it, it was like an 8 a.m. class, you know what I mean? So it was so early. Who's paying at, attention like, at 8 a.m.? Especially at like the age of 21, you know what I mean? I'm like, you know. Um, yes, exactly. So, um, but they, we would t- touch on this, you know, like you mm-hmm. need to have, I mean, this was back in back in the day when like you didn't necessarily have a cell phone I'm aging myself but um you know so you should have an answering service you should have um a backstage subscription like all of all of that and and we did touch on rents a little bit you know so I think I was lucky in that I had that but but it's that fine line of I mean is there ever going to be enough money not really but you should prepare yourself and try to set yourself up to have two to three months where you can just focus on auditioning, mm-hmm. you know, focus on auditioning and focus on getting a job 
that can be a good side gig that will pay you well. Not something that you're like panicking in the last minute to get because ultimately your side job is going to become your full-time gig. We have to remember why we've moved to the city, right? So I think planning, planning three months of expenses is really important. Um, and that market's going to change. Like what I pay now in rent is so different than what I paid, you know, eight years ago. So knowing like what's currently happening, I think is really important. But I also think it's important to make sure that you you make the move yeah. because sometimes people are so scared of the financial aspect of it that they don't, they don't ever make the move. Mm-hmm. You know, I have so many friends that, that um, are incredible artists and, you know, they'll come into the city <laughs> for like two weeks of, of auditions here and there. And, and they're, they're, they're doing the best they can, but they've never made the move because they're terrified of the financial, you know, the financial commitment. Mm-hmm. It'll work out. Like, it'll be fine. You just got to do it. Yeah. One of the things that I always recommend uh, and that I, again, I talk about in future episodes is apart from having your budget set up, having your budget set aside is be realistic about what side hustles are available. Well, obviously not, not now during Rona, but what side hustles are available to you when you come to New York, i.e., do you have an additional skill that you could use as a part-time job in the meantime? If that's de- detailing cars, you do it. If that's you working at an apothecary, yes. do something that at least is of interest to you that you could leverage if it's nanny. Because you know, most people, what are the common jobs? I'm a nanny, I'm a fitness instructor, I work at a restaurant. None of those things are bad. However, I do think some people get miserable in that because it's not what they want to do. So I always try, like try to set yourself up for success as much as possible. What is something that you could fall back on that you don't mind, maybe not in love with, but don't mind to tide you through. Um, right. I think sometimes, sometimes people forget that and they just have to go into this fight or flight. And while yes, that's true, go into fight or flight with something that at least you enjoy. So, so piggybacking off of that, then the second thing, again, the naivete of it, like showing up to an audition. I know you and I talked about it earlier, um, but more so let's talk about the uh, in the room because I know you've witnessed many, many a scenes in a room. Yes. <laughs> um, what to you is either a dancer or an actor uh, who has the it factor when they, what makes them stand out in the room? Okay, I'm just gonna be like totally blunt. People who don't, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They grown, they grown. Um, stop giving so many shits. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my biggest thing. The people that come in and of course are prepared. Like you mm-hmm. want to be prepared because don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people come in and they're like robots. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like when we go to school, we're taught to like introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Chip Abbott, and I will be singing this song from this musical that yeah. you're a musical theater professional, and you know that this song is from that musical, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. we know. Um, so it's the people that are able to to have the nice balance of relaxed and cool, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is what I'm going to be eight hours a day, six days a week in the room, mm-hmm. Right but I can still deliver, like I can still be ferocious, be on fire, right? Yeah. Can still listen to what, you know, you're giving me um, and make it happen, <laughs> but I'm not going to be a stress ball about it, right? Because again, um, energy is contagious, right? And so for me, the it factor is when someone can come in and even if they're about to pee their pants because they're so nervous, <laughs> 
I don't see it or I don't sense it and I don't feel it, right? Because usually if you're feeling it and you're projecting it, I'm going to feel it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, okay, we're all going to be nervous at auditions. Mm -hmm. It's just human nature, right? Mm -hmm. But taking a couple breaths and just saying like, okay, look, I don't have this job right now. Sure, if I get it tomorrow, it could totally change my world, right? But also I'm okay right now and I'm going to be okay tomorrow if this doesn't happen. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, when people are like, just, you know, like dance, like you're, you're in class. Yeah. Yes. But don't, the stakes need to be just high enough yeah. to where you're not a nervous wreck. Right. But you're not also a sloppy mess. Right. It's also people that perform like just come in, be ferocious because you are right. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't be like pounding the pavement in New York city if if you weren't fierce right yeah so lean into that and give us what you give us what the uniqueness that um that is beautiful about you Mm. um and show me what you have to offer because like i'm gonna put myself in a room with you for eight hours a day so like (laughs) i want to be able to hang with you but i also want to know that you're gonna like you're gonna do the the job (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> so because you just talked you just tapped on it can you uh, can you break this down maybe a little bit further what is the happen medium between executing that choreo and just going there and being like that rocket kind of a girl versus just living your best life and having fun when you're doing the choreography yeah because there is a happy I mean, medium somewhere in between that oh absolutely I mean I think it's I think it's what we just said like when people say you should come into an audition like you're in class right mm-hmm. they don't mean like be super relaxed during the combination and not listen to any of the corrections and don't perform, right? They mean like in the in-between when you're getting a no and when you're when you're getting adjustments and you're learning the choreo, mm-hmm. don't be, you know, on the verge of needing a Xanax because <laughs> you're so <laughs> desperate to get the job, right? Mm-hmm. And listen, like that sounds really harsh because we all want to work and we all want to make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. But be kind to yourself and be nice to yourself, right? So I think that delicate balance is like, so for example, one time I ran an audition and every time we would stop teaching the choreography, there was someone that would stand there in a bubble with their hands behind their back and just like ready to go, you know? And I'm like, I totally appreciate it. And I love, I love that you're trying to show me that you're being attentive, but it can be too much, right? It's too stressful. It's, it's showing up with the energy during, during the choreography, but then being able to like take some notes and just, and just listen, you know, um, in between. So I think that's the delicate balance. It's, it's being relaxed enough to be able to like actually hear the information. Cause you know, like when you, in your brain, when you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you're not listening to the correction. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, that's it. and I would I would like to get your thoughts on this. <clears throat> so, so I know I've been saying it again and again, but like preparedness. So, and to cut back on the 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 need for a Xanax, unless it's an unless it's an, a completely new work and it's never been established. Do you think that a way that people can cut down on that so they can just focus on having a good time is i.e. if you've been in for, let's say, Mama Mia, how many times, would it then behoove them, hey, maybe let me learn this choreo, record it for the archive, and then when the audition is coming up again, that way I have it saved, that way I can just refresh, 
such common shows like a West Side and or when you go in for those a Hamilton and or a Mean Girls shows that you know that you're going in for every six months when they have to do those e not EPAs those ECCs or whatever for those annual like we don't we're not really looking for anybody right now but we're just like storing the archive would mm -hmm. that behoove someone to make a smart choice a conscious choice so that way they can save themselves for just I'm just here and I'm just here to have fun so I didn't tell you this <laughs> I'm weak. um but. <laughs> Yes, learn those combos. Like, you know, you know, cool. Know the um, the audition combo for a chorus line. Um, know the Hamilton audition combos. Know the Wicked combos because you know what, honey? Everybody else in the room is gonna know it, right? Yes. So my advice would be, you know, the first time you go in for those projects, um, if you're new to learning the choreography, by all means, you're at an audition studio. There's most likely going to be a studio nearby that you could pop into. Just go to the front. Hey, can I like go into the studio for 15 minutes? They'll probably give you a day of rate for super cheap. It's worth spending that money to film the choreography from the front and the back, do accounts breakdown, and then do it with music um, so that you have it. And then put those into your computer with different file, you know, labeled, different labeled files so that you can be like, oh, I'm going to a chorus line. Like, let me brush up on this choreo the day before yeah. because you know what? Other people are going to know it. When you go into the room, other people are going to know it. So you don't want to be stressed out, you know, reviewing the choreography. So I totally think that that's okay. Now, <laughs> being someone who's behind the table running auditions often, um, I would like to say that like, I try to make it uh, um, a new combo every time so that we're not all, we're not seeing your 50th version of this that I'm like, well, of course you're able to perform it, you know? Yeah. But, um, and some people might say that that's not really like playing by the rules to, to learn the choreography beforehand, but it's like, what are the rules? Who wrote yeah. them? I mean, you're gonna come in, you, we're in a business that we we don't have the luxury of a job interview where we sit down with someone, we have a conversation like you and I are having right now, right? We work off of snap judgments. So it's, it's three at a time. I'm probably deciding in four counts, like, am I going to be able to rely on you, mm -hmm. right? And I know that seems like a lot of pressure, but it's like, that's what it is. It's snap judgments. So yeah. the the more you can do for yourself to like set yourself up for success, the better. I mean, there are no rules, you know? I'm sure there's like some etiquette we can follow, but I don't think that like learning a combination off a of video is, is a bad idea. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, can we, cause you tapped on this earlier. Can we, can we talk about how it's out of our control? So when you're in the audition, well, I know, I, I know I'm talented, why didn't I get it? And, you know, the insecurity that runs through our brain. And can you talk about how it really has nothing to do with them and how it's really just to do with what you're looking for, for that project? Yes. Okay. When I was auditioning, I would get so frustrated. Remember how I was talking about how I moved to the city. I was a concert dancer first. And I'd like, look around and be like, what? Like, why didn't I get kept? People didn't know me. I was new. Right. There are so many factors that go into um, the audition process that like, you just will never know. And like, sometimes you can be the associate on a project and like, 
missed an audition and then like someone gets it and you're like, oh, I, I didn't realize, you know, there are so many factors. It can come down to like, who else is in the show? Do you fit the costume? Um, you know, are we not wigging you? And it comes down to like your natural hair color. I, there are so many things that go into the decision that have nothing to do with the work that you presented or your, or your skill set, um, or, or your talent. Right. Um, so we have to stop trying to play the guessing game. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, it's like, Oh, they kept a bunch of tall people. That's what it is. So I'm never coming in for this again. Like that's not your job to decide if you're right or wrong for something. Right. We'll let you know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. 100%. And so it's, um, I think if we could just get out of our heads a little bit mm -hmm. um, because sometimes it will literally come down to like, do they have the highest spotman in the room? Because this is, that's what we need in this moment. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so different for each project. And I used to hate we're looking for something specific. We really are though. Most of the time, you know, Sometimes it's already cast. I, I'm going to get fired for saying this, but like, you know, sometimes it's already cast or it's like, or, or maybe if we don't find exactly what we need today, this person's going to get it from this file, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you just never know. And it doesn't mean that you're not right for the project. And it doesn't mean that you're not good. It just means that in that moment and, you know, it's kind of, I hate to compare it to this because we're human beings, but yeah. if I'm going to the grocery store, right. And I'm going to make, um, and I'm going to make a bolognese sauce, right. Say, say I, I love pears, right. Yeah. I'm no. not going to get pears just because you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, and it's nothing against pears. It's just in that moment, I need the tomatoes, you yeah. know? It's such a bad, you know, comparison, but. Well, well, and I, so then, so then riddle me this. I know there's many as you, and see you and I know this, but I, when I ask people these questions, I try to break it down for the someone who does not know, for the someone who's just coming into this and is not as well versed as you and I in this. So then what are, I'd say your top three or five things that an actor or a dancer could do that would eliminate the factor from it not being them? that they know that, hey, my skill set is up to snuff, that I'm clearly just not what they're looking for. How can they better improve themselves to eliminate that factor? If it's not about, it'd be one thing if it was like, you're not a true tenor or you're not a true dancer, or, you know, like little things like that. Like what could they do to then eliminate that portion of the, the, the deciding factor? Whether that be- Okay, yeah. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. First off, there's something I should have totally said, and I, I didn't, but I want to remind you and everyone that you don't get to hear the lovely things that people say about you when the door is closed. Like mm -hmm. you don't get to hear those things. So just know that they are being said and that when you walk into the room, um, people generally really are wanting you to succeed and are on your side because it makes their job better, right? Now, to eliminate that, that worry of, uh, you know, what did I do in the room? There are things you can do. Train, 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 train. 
The last thing that we want to do after we've been in an audition from 10 a.m. in fishnet tights all the way till 6 p.m. is go and take a dance class. But that's what you got to do, right? Now, you got to take the class, though, that is going to have you in tip-top shape and ready to go, Mm -hmm. right? Balance it out. Take the classes that feed your soul. Take the classes that, you know, fuel your technique. Um, But make sure that you're ready to go, right? Mm -hmm. So you're working on performing, right? You're working on, on the performance aspects and, and being able to apply an intention to a combination at the drop of a hat. And then you're also working on making sure that that double turn is there every dang time hey, so that you're like, come on. yep, got it, yeah. right? And the same thing with vocal training, like make sure that, make sure that you have a book chocked full of choices like so 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 many choices that you know and are ready to do at the drop of a hat Mm. and um you know no amount of like anxiety or nerves will derail you because if you are prepared um it's funny because we always talk about preparedness in in terms of like just material Mm -hmm. and skill set And I think it's important to make sure that we're prepared on an emotional level, right? Mm -hmm. If you have gone through that song 80 million times with your vocal coach, you know, you can make choices, you know, you can make adjustments if they're asked of you, like it's going to be a success. It's going to be a slam dunk. Right. And maybe if that song's not right, then you have like a bunch of other songs that you can go to that you're like, yep, I've rehearsed it. Yep. I've rehearsed it. You know, I think we forget that like, we just talk about training but we don't look at what's in our book and what's in our, our dance repertoire as when we work on those things, we don't think of them as rehearsal, right? We think of them as training. I think there's a huge difference between chain, training and rehearsal. Try to start looking at the training as rehearsal. Yeah. Cause that's what you're doing. You're rehearsing for auditioning. Spot on. Did I answer your question. Yes, you did. <laughs> Listen, I get so derailed. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Well, I would rather have you explain too much than too little. You know, with some right. people, not not on this, but with some people, it's like pulling teeth. Oh, that's also another thing. Can you please talk about this? Having someone who's going to give you their all and have you say, back it up just a little bit, as opposed to saying, not enough, and constantly pull, 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 pull. Oh, I would so, 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 so much rather know that someone's going to make a choice. Mm-hmm than like me have to, you know, uh, pull it out of them. Um, Oh, I always say the only wrong choice is no choice, right? Um, I would rather you give me 50 choices and I select three (laughs) than, you know, (laughs) than the other way around. Because again, it's about that. It's about that creative flow, right? And, um, you know, when people say that like, you throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Like that is totally what we do. Um, as a director choreographer, I like to think that I'm I'm not responsible for all of the ideas, right? I wanna provide enough so that it doesn't seem like I'm leaning on everyone else and then mm-hmm. passing their work off as my own. That's not what it's about, but it's like, okay, this is the outline. Mm-hmm. Now you color in. Does that make sense? Strong and so, wrong. Yes. Strong and wrong. Strong and wrong, honey. Like I would so much rather have, have so I would so much rather I say, actually, it's a stolen phrase from an old older choreographer that I used to work with. I would so much rather say like it, love it, cut it, than give me more. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. So I hope you guys enjoy that because I know I did as we move on to our closing questions. <laughs> what would mature you say to younger you who's just starting out? Oh, just be you. Don't mm. worry about other people's thoughts. Like other people's thoughts, unless they manifest into words, have nothing to do with us and they cannot hurt us. However, words can hurt us, mm -hmm. right? But also just remember those words have to be coming from a place of pain and anger that has nothing to do with you. So if I were to talk to my younger self, I would just say, be the beautiful you that you want to be. And don't worry about what other people think. Um, because the reason why they are oppressing you is because they want to be authentically themselves as well, mm -hmm. but they're in a space that will not allow them to be. Oof. Ain't that cold. Yeah, it's hard. Professional and private, what does the future look like going for you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> if I had a crystal ball. Um, well, sure. Actually, let no. me say this. If I had a wand, and if I could get you anything, and to your heart's content, unlimited resources, funds, whatever it may be, what does it look like for you? Oh, Corbin, it's so tough. I, <laughs> I feel I've been... I feel I've been really, really lucky, right? Like I feel like I've had a really lucky career mm -hmm. and it's 100% that luck. It's right place, right time, mm -hmm. right? Um, I do I do have such a want and such a love and such a, um, a burning passion to choreograph my own Broadway show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've, I've assisted and that's been such a dream come, tr come true and it's been incredible and it's been life-changing. Um, I want to make my own, right? Now, whether or not that happens, we don't know, you know? Um, so uh, that is something that I would love to do. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, great, right? I think my job though right now is to just inspire, you know how people say like, be the change that you would like to see in the world um, is to inspire others to do exactly what I said about my young self, right? Be authentically you and don't worry about what other people think. So um, as far as the future goes, I think that that's, that's my wants and my need, right? Mm -hmm. um, I am in a place though, professionally where I, you know, we've talked about like being multifaceted. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm currently in a place where my body is, um, is starting to tiptoe away from being a performer, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm not done yet. Hey, come on now. <laughs> so I'm still still interested in in kind of being um, both a creator as well as a performer, right. and um, I'd like to get the most out of that in whatever way people will let me. You know, yeah. <laughs> just let me let me dance and let me create, and I'm happy. Right on, right on. Last question. Where can the people uh, find you on social media? Yes. Okay. So um, Instagram is probably the best because I've social media is, has been crazy as we all know. <laughs> so the best place is on Instagram and my handle is at chipstergram. So C-H-I-P-S-T-E-R-G-R-A-M. Wow. Spelling. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. 
rate and review this podcast and be sure to share with your friends. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on next week's episode of How to Business in Show Business.